Hey everyone, it's Simon here, and on behalf of Maria and I, I want to thank you for checking out our podcast. Well, it's a new year, 2022, and we've got lots of stuff ahead. I want to encourage you to check our website, especially our events page, because we have in-person events happening very soon, including our first ever in-person service in February. Check it out and join us if you can. We'd love to have you. But for now, let's get to the podcast. New wine calls for new wineskins. Last uh, Sunday, on our first Sunday of the year, we shared about renewal. And we shared from Mark chapter 2, where Jesus says this in verse 21. Besides, who would patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the wine would burst the wineskins, and the wine and the skins would both be lost. New wine calls for new wineskins. Jesus says new wine calls for new wineskins. And we know that the new wine... And new wineskins that Jesus was talking about was the new life that he was bringing about. And Jesus was speaking to the religious structures and culture of the time. And he basically and prophetically is saying, hey, I am doing, God is doing a new thing. And the way that you're doing things right now won't be able to contain it. And Jesus was bringing about new spiritual life. And this could not be held in their current ways of living for God, in their current ways of thinking of God. In other words, uh, they, they were doing a lot of formal and compulsory uh, fasting. This is he's speaking to the Jews. And, and it wouldn't fit his freedom and spontaneity and this new life that he was bringing about. Uh, the religious ways of doing things were stifling new life. Uh, and this is something that I've been sensing in my heart as we uh, have started this new year, uh, 2022, full of promise, full of hope, full of, uh, there's so much ahead of us this year and ahead of you and, and your family this year. Uh, but we need to make sure that we're renewed. Uh, are we stifling new life in old forms? And there is no doubt in my mind that God wants to do new things in you and through you this year. And I'm believing that in your life and in my life, that God would pour out new wine, that he would pour out new wine for new life in God, new things. But in order to receive these new things, we often have to be renewed, renewed in our thinking, renewed in our passion, renewed in our perspective, renewed in God's word. It says in Ephesians uh, chapter four, verse 23, instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. My thoughts and my attitudes. And we know that that is really speaking to the heart. The, the, the biblical definition of the heart is my like emotional and psychological engine room. And it really holds my, my thoughts and my attitudes are housed in my heart. Okay. And, and we have to be, have a willingness to change and to be renewed as the Holy Spirit leads us in God's word. Uh, not just be stuck to the good old days. You know, so many Christians, and I've been like this, maybe you've been like this, uh, they're, they're like that old wineskin. They're dry, inflexible, um, molded to the capacity of the past, molded to the thinking of the past, molded to, one, to what we once held. You think about an old wineskin, it held something at one point, and now it's stuck in what it once held. You know, I, I, 
being part of youth ministry for many years. There's people who just constantly look back on, oh, remember the, 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 when we did this in youth? And that's like, it's like, man, like, dude, I'm 34 now. Come on, let's, let's move on. I don't want to just live in the past forever. Or even with our church planning journey, there's been people who've kind of scratched uh, their heads and gone, like, how are you planning a church that like doesn't have a building and doesn't have a, because there's thinking, right? There's ways of, there's old wineskins about church planning that need to be renewed. And thank God by his grace, he's helping us see new ways of doing things. What thoughts and attitudes need renewing in your life as you start this new year? And today, I want to really focus on one specific area of renewal that can be um, really um, debilitating to us in our Christian lives. Um, and in our, uh, not, not just our walks with the Lord, but in, in our work life, in, in our family life. Um, and it's the area of disappointment and discouragement. You talk about an old wineskin that we need to shed. Have you ever been disappointed? Uh, did 2021 disappoint you <laughs> at all? Um, you know, disappointment is defined as the feeling of sadness or displeasure caused by the non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. It's what happens when reality sets in. It's like I had my hopes and expectations up here, but this is actually what happened. And that gap right there between expectation and reality is called disappointment. It's like, oh, I dreamt for that job. Man, I prayed up. I went for that job and I didn't get it. How disappointing. I, I, I was hoping for a house by now and I haven't been able to get there. How disappointing. I was believing to be married by now and it hasn't happened. How disappointing. I, I was hoping for children by now and it hasn't happened. How disappointing. I was believing for fill in the blanks. I hoped for and it hasn't happened. How disappointing. And disappointment bites us and it leads us to discouragement. And if we allow disappointment and discouragement to take root in our heart, uh, we lose our ability to hope and believe God for stuff. It's like the wind is taken out of our sails and we're just like, ugh, have you ever been disappointed? When Jesus says, new wine calls for new wineskins. And I believe it's time to shed that old wineskin of disappointment and discouragement and get ready for God to do something new in your life. Uh, and here's the thing. We often, not all the time, but we often put ourselves in the area of disappointment and discouragement because we put our hopes and expectations in things that actually disappoint us. We, we put our hopes in things that aren't worthy of our hopes and they let us down and we end up disappointed and discouraged. You know, misplaced hope leads to an abundance of discouragement. It does. If I put my hope in things that disappoint, I'm going to be disappointed, right? Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. says this, We must accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. And on top of that, even when we do choose to believe God and, and put our trust in God, uh, we think we know the best outcome or how it should look. And, or, or when God provides to, for us, we don't even recognize it because we had our way of seeing this is how it should have happened. It should have happened like this and that and that. You know, th there have been lots of times where I've been praying and believing God for something only to forget that I'm not God and God is not my genie. And, and he determines my steps, right? 
but whatever your disappointment is today, wherever you are, whether you're really discouraged or, or whether you're carrying this, this burden of disappointment, whether it's self-inflicted or you've been just dealt a bad hand, let's understand that God understands our disappointment. He does. Jesus knows and understands your disappointment. Listen to what Isaiah says about Jesus in Isaiah 53, verse 3. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows acquainted with the deepest grief. Jesus knows your disappointment. It doesn't surprise him. He knows your dreams. He knows your desires. Nothing is hidden from him. But not only that, but to hope in God does not, in the end, it does not lead to disappointment. If we put our hope in him, it will not lead to disappointment. It says in Romans chapter 5, verse 3, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. It says we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Uh, it might not look the way we thought it was going to look right now, but we have hope in God. His word is sure. His ways are sure. My salvation is sure. He's still on the throne. I still have his spirit within me. I might be disappointed right now, but I know God has got this. To hope in him is a sure bet. It's one thing to fall into disappointment, but it's a whole other thing to live there. Have you ever met someone who just seems to live in disappointment? Even when you, hey, how was your weekend? Oh, it was good. What are you doing next weekend? Oh, I don't know. I just, I'm hoping for this. But it's just like, man, come on. Like you want to shake him and say, come on, let's not live in disappointment and discouragement. We can hope in God. Jesus says, new wine calls for new wineskins. Let's shed that old wineskin of disappointment. Amen. In John chapter 11, there's a really interesting account of a man named Lazarus who was sick, very, very sick. And his sisters, Mary and Martha, send word to Jesus. Uh, at, this, at this time, Jesus was in uh, Bethabara and Lazarus is in Bethany. It's about one day's journey. So it's, it's quite a distance away. And they send word to Jesus and say, please, Lazarus is really sick. Can you come and heal him? Let's read it in John chapter 11, verse 3. So the two sisters, that's Mary and Martha, sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. And isn't that verse 5 an interesting statement? Although he loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. He heard them. He got the message. He loved them, but he stayed. It's so interesting that John would record this observation because it kind of goes the opposite way to what we actually expect. We uh, think that when Jesus hears us 
and we know he loves us, that he answers us. When he hears us, he loves us, that he would heal, that he would move, he would do something. But not this time. It says that he heard, he loved, and he stayed. And, and that's all good and stuff, but the problem is, is Lazarus actually dies. Talk about a disappointing situation. And when Jesus actually travels the one-day journey and gets there, Martha is ticked off. She comes up to Jesus in verse 21 of chapter 11 and says, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. That sounds like someone who is disappointed to me. Someone who had hope and expectation up here, but reality was down here and landed hard in disappointment and discouragement. But Jesus, I thought you heard us. I thought you loved us. Why did you stay and not come right away? But I love Jesus' response. It says in verse 25, Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. And that word there, resurrection, is the word, the Greek word anastasis, which is translated as to resurrect, to rise up, to, to recover, right? So Jesus says to her, I am, in the midst of her disappointment, in the midst of her discouragement, in the midst of her unmet expectations, Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the stand up and the recover. That's what he's saying. That's what that word means, to stand up, to recover, to rise up. And this is the kind of renewal that we're talking about today. You may be disappointed. You may be living in discouragement, much like Martha was in this moment, and Mary as well. But Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. I am your stand up and your recover. I am. Hey, hey, you might be discouraged right now, but I am your stand up and your recovery. And how does the story end? Well, it says in verse 43, Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. So Jesus heard. Jesus loved. Jesus stayed. And in the midst of this discouraging situation, he says, I am your stand up. I am your recovery. I am the resurrection and the life. So let's shed that old skin of disappointment and discouragement. Jesus says, new wine calls for new wineskins. What in your life today does Jesus need to look at and remind you that he is your stand up? and your recovery, that he is your resurrection and your life. Come on, when we see Jesus' track record of not disappointing, it should fill us with hope and expectation. From disappointment to expectation, hope-filled expectation. From discouragement to being encouraged in the Lord. From, from trepidation to trust in him. Amen? Come on, I am the resurrection of the life, Jesus says. I am your stand up and recover. And I want to encourage you today. If you're discouraged, if you're disappointed, stand up, recover in Jesus' name. Trust God. Just because 
he didn't deliver on the time frame that you were expecting doesn't mean he's never going to deliver. Right? Just because it didn't work out exactly the way you thought, hey, you're not God. He is. We need to trust him. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. I am your stand-up and your recovery. Come on. I want to pray for you today. Maybe you might uh, be in a in a, looking at this year and thinking, man, I'm just so discouraged, right? Uh, but if we want to make room for the new that God is bringing to us, we have to shed ourselves of this dis- disappointment and discouragement and get ourselves ready for what God is going to do. Let me pray for you. Lord, I pray for every person today, especially those who are discouraged and disappointed. Lord, first of all, we say sorry. We, we, we repent of putting our hope in things that disappoint. And Lord, we redirect our hope toward you. And I thank you that you do not disappoint. I thank you that you're a faithful God. And I pray over every person that is sensing this, this feeling of discouragement and disappointment. And maybe it's robbed them of their ability to dream, to hope in you. Lord, I ask you, by the Holy Spirit to speak to people, to speak into their hearts and say, I am the resurrection and the life. I am your stand up and your recovery. And Lord, we give you all the praise. And I ask that even as this week continues, that we would just get a sense of being renewed in you. In Jesus name. Amen. Hey, church, come on. Let's stand up. Let's recover and let's hope in God again, because he does not disappoint. He has the last word and we trust him. Amen. Come on, I hope you have an amazing week and we'll be in touch soon.